This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Taz and the Moose, coast to coast, pillar to post, on CBS Sports Radio. Ah, yes, a good Tuesday to one and all. Taz Moose with you, CBS Sports Radio. Coming to you live, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you, too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button, get mortgage. Pete, Mike, across the way, bogish. Double duty this morning. He's got your updates as we take you right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. The next three hours with you. What's going on, Taz? How you doing, bud? Good, Moose. Good, good. Not bad. Uh, just ready for another Tuesday here. Uh, you and I just getting early in the work week. Uh, we got a little reaction to Monday Night Football coming up, which will be fun. We got a good guest coming up later on. Connor Hughes covers the Jets since 2014, so we're looking forward to talking to Connor. Yeah, he's joined us before. Uh, good guy, and, and you know, uh, you might put a, a curtain on the Jets season after last night and good that doozy of a performance. Uh, Their starting quarterback, Sam Darnold, could be out several weeks to maybe mid-October the most. Uh, there's the potential there as he is out with Mono Taz, as we talked about last week when that announcement did come down. And then Trevor Simeon steps in at quarterback last night. He leaves with what is looks like an, an ugly foot injury. Uh, you know, they're going to have an MRI today on that foot. They did x-rays. They were inconclusive, but uh, he got hit by, I believe it was Miles Garrett on yeah. the play. Uh, it looked like uh, you know his his ankle and foot got absolutely crushed underneath it. It was an ugly uh, an ugly looked replay. Bad. If yeah. you uh, if you took a look at it, in step Luke Falk of uh, Washington State fame, <laughs> um, and uh, you know he played okay. He did. I mean he, he, did. he played okay, and in a guy that probably going into last week wasn't expecting obviously uh, to play ten, last night in Monday Night Football, yeah. but still at the end the Jets lose twenty three to three and get absolutely trucked by the Cleveland Browns who were still sloppy um, at times till still couldn't get their emotions under uh, in check and you saw that at times Taz uh, the penalty still a concern for the Cleveland Browns but. Uh, they won the football game, and their offense looked a lot more explosive last night than it did against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and you're right, definitely undisciplined uh, as far as penalties for the for the Browns. But the Jets, though, I got to say, you know, there's an old expression, right? If it wasn't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all, right? And, and, well, that's the Jets. If it wasn't for bad luck, they'd have no luck at all because they can't catch a break. I mean, with this quarterback situation and everything, and like you just said about this season, it just feels like there wasn't that like not not one point in the game that like for me that I felt like the Jets could win the game. Even before the game started, even before Trevor got hurt, like I'm like, oh god. Then they bring in the third string guy, but you're right, Falk. He didn't play that bad, so you know. Um, and maybe once he's working with the first team and all week, because he's going to have to be the guy. Uh, you know, he was twenty to twenty five, threw for 198 yards, no interceptions, so that's impressive. 
But, you know, I mean, he just, you know, he, it's tough. He's your third well, he's guy. He's just a guy. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean gotta, all due respect. He, hopefully he could. Right. You know. And and he's just, you know, he's just a guy. He's not a he's not a great quarterback. And, you know, he's got an opportunity now here moving forward because uh, he's in all likelihood going to be the starter against the New England Patriots, Taz, but, uh, in their very next game. But, uh, yeah, and it's no disrespect to him, but there's you know there's a ceiling to his talent level. And you look at that game last night. I agree with you. I mean, maybe when I watched the Jamal Adams hype video uh, before the cool. game, yeah, which was, was cool. uh, you know a great posting by the Jets in the National Football League. Uh, I like that. Maybe had a little bit better of a feel, but you know it lost a lot of its luster and buzz with Darnold being out. And then you watch the game, and I really thought, as we discussed yesterday, Taz. Um, and, you know, you picked the Browns in one of your weekly picks, but um, I really thought if the Browns came in a, a focused team um, that uh, they were a more talented team, a more explosive team, and I thought they would have their way with the Jets. I mean, I, yeah. they've got too many options offensively and yeah. answers offensively, and the Jets have got limitations defensively. They can't get after the quarterback, mm. and they can't really cover for all that long. Their cornerback position is weak, and they benched their highest-paid cornerback last night who didn't play start playing until about the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Yep. And Tremaine Johnson, so, I mean, with all that, I mean... Like 15 it, it was, million, right? Something like that. No some, doubt about it. And that was a McCagnan signing. Right, right. Uh, you know, a couple off-seasons ago, coming over from the Los Angeles Rams, Taz. So, I mean, with all that, I mean, it was hard for me to envision unless the Browns got in their own way, which they did week one against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, it's just the weapons the Browns have it's just, and I got to be honest, you would think they would be better. I mean, I, I, you know, if you look at the rosters or you look at who was healthy going into the game, who wasn't, uh, and the star power on the Browns and the lack thereof, star power on the Jets, you would think instead of 23 to 3, it'd be 43 to 3. But they didn't do that. Baker Mayfield, I'm going to be honest, like, you know, you know, there's a lot of hype on him, and, we're, you know, guys like us are part of the hype, but, you know, it's it's hard not to buy into the hype when he first came out of college and, and everything about him, and, and, and he did pretty good last year, as we know. But I got to tell you, against this Jets team, 19-35, 325 yards, a one interception, and one TD, that's not good enough. You know, that when you're playing the better teams, dude, that's just not good enough. And, and I, I think he, he made a lot of bad throws, uh, Baker Mayfield. I, I wasn't really ultra impressed with Baker Mayfield. I really wasn't. I mean, Beckham played good, and he, had, you know, and there was a couple of good throws by Baker to Beckham. Uh, but I, I, were you like impressed uh, with Baker? No, no, I, mean, I don't think he played. I, I don't think he threw the ball particularly well. I thought he missed a, a number of throws that last year he put it on guys, Taz. But, uh, but I, I would expect him to improve with that. But I would, I would not tell you that was, a, you know, a jaw dropping, awe inspiring performance by Mayfield. And number one, he did a better job taking care of the football last week. Mm. You know, he threw three second half interceptions. He did throw a pick. I thought at times he looked a little bit rushed with his throws. And maybe that has, maybe there's a little bit of a, a fallout from week one, Taz, where he was under duress and that offensive line for the Cleveland Browns struggled a little bit. Maybe you saw that and the impact of that last night against the Jets, where maybe he was rushing his throws a little bit more, uh, a little bit more. But yeah, I, I mean, I thought he was a highly accurate guy year one. Last right. night he was nineteen to thirty-five. That's, That's I'm not. It's, yeah, I mean, usually you want to be around sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine. Right. Sometimes you're you know even above seventy percent completion percentage when you look <laughs> at an NFL quarterback. You didn't see that last night no. from Mayfield. I agree with you. I don't think he he looked particularly good, but the Browns need a win. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And and you know we can you can look at the Jets and they're zero and two Taz and they could be looking and staring at zero and six before mm. they get their quarterback back with what they have left on their schedule over the next four games where it's the Patriots on a couple of occasions it's the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Cleveland Browns are looking at a, an AFC North now where you could probably cross the Steelers off for all intents and purposes with the news from Roethlisberger yesterday. Yeah. You know, you, you got the Bengals are going nowhere fast, and you got the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns need to win, and they found a way to win a game. Yeah. So yeah. there's stuff you could look at yeah, last night from the Browns and not like yeah. and to improve on, and I don't disagree with any of that, but they need to find a way to win the game, and they did. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, at, at, the, end of the, at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. So to your point, you're right. They had a win, and they, and they got the win because they got to get wins when they can over a team like the Jets. Especially when they're beaten up, right? Now, beaten down, I should say, physically in the quarterback situation, all that jazz. But I'm just saying, like Mayfield. I mean, I, I look. I'm not. I don't want to rip the guy, but I, I think he's, like I said, a good player. But you're right. Last year he was more accurate. I mean, look at the touchdown last night to Beckham in the third quarter. It was a slant, and they were deep in Jets territory. They were, I mean, their own territory, I should say. And it was an 89-yard, 90-yard 90 run, whatever it was. But it was all Beckham. It was a slant. It was a basic slant. Baker threw the ball well. It was a slant. I mean, and if yeah. the safety misses, the ta- don't miss a tackle. It's it's a it's an 11-yard game, you know? But, that, but no, that's happened. true. <laughs> and no, right, he did miss it. But it was one of the throws probably all night where he looked, I thought, in rhythm, too. True. I true, mean, true. because I didn't, I didn't think he necessarily looked in rhythm. You're right. I mean, that's a... That's an easy throw. He's going to get credit for an yeah. 89-yard touchdown pass, exactly. but yeah. it was the catch and run, put it where he needed to put it, and and Beckham was able to split the safeties and, and take it to the house for a touchdown. So there were throws last night that Mayfield is clearly going to miss, but I, I do think he'll improve on them, uh, Taz, here moving forward. But for the Browns, the the one thing that you'd be that I'd be a little concerned about, you know, kind of the sloppiness mm, yeah. um, from them, um, you know, and and the penalties and. Uh, I would say the extracurricular activities that you get from the Cleveland Browns, it's okay to be the, you know, oh, we're the team that everybody loves to hate and, and be right. kind of wear that moniker, Taz. Yep. But the other thing is you want to make sure you play clean football. And it was a cleaner game than week one, but it wasn't it wasn't what you need to do, I would say, against the upper echelon teams. Because I think if you play that style of game in which you have the penalties and you know, which right. Beckham's throwing a temper tantrum because he's wearing the wrong visor on the sideline. Oh, my God, I couldn't believe that. You know, that's it, when you get to that kind of stuff, Taz, you know, that's stuff that needs to be cleaned up by Freddie Kitchens here moving forward. Yeah, and, and they were – and listen, I mean, by the way, that Beckham, that, that one-handed catch was unbelievable. That's unbelievable. A whole, that's a side note. That was a good throw by Baker, so I, I should have brought that up. But but uh, the visor thing, and, and even more than that, the Miles Garrett, I don't know, he would have like three personal fouls or yeah. something, I can't remember. And he's your arguably the best defensive player. I mean, Denzel Ward's a great D-back for them also, obviously. But, yeah, you're right, sloppiness, the undisciplined play. I got to be honest, Moose, I'm not shocked on that only because of Freddie Kitchens and he's missed the player coach guy. He seems like he just wants to get along with the guys. And it's different than how Rex Ryan was. He was a player coach, and 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 he was he really wanted to be one of the guys. I, I, Freddie Kitchens, I think, is the same way. But I think you, you run the risk when you're like that where teams are going to take advantage of that and just play wild and undisciplined. And guys, these young guys that are making millions and millions of dollars that are 24, 25 years old making, you know, 10, 12, 13 million dollars and you're acting like you're their best friend instead of their, a hard-ass coach, 
you know, or disciplinary, disciplinary, and they're going to just do what they want. And I do think he's seen that with the Browns. Yeah, and you might be right about that, but that's something that's got to be nipped in the bud here because you can't be, you can't continue to do that, Taz. And it might not, it might not change. I mean, it just might go along with the territory. Maybe, he does yeah. carry himself a little bit more of an edge than being that happy-go-lucky. I want to be Rex Ryan. Yeah. yeah, I agree. No, I agree. I, he does have but, a little but bit. Player coach. No, no, I, I get what you're you know, saying, I don't know what it but is. I mean, it, I. You know, if I were to ask, if I were to think like which guy holds guys more accountable, I would think it would be Kitchens more than Ryan because I thought Ryan, I agree with you, kind of wanted to be the guy that everyone you know yeah. had a beer with right, after the right. after exactly. practice, and, 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 and I think they were, and well, right, maybe some weeks. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly right. Uh, but I, I, I would hope that with with Kitchens, you look at this game film and and you say this has got to be cleaned up. That's because there's no doubt in the talent, Taz. I mean, the, oh, yeah. the game breaking ability. You look at Beckham. It was an important game last night for Beckham. You know, it, it really was. I don't care what the you know the the million dollar watch he's wearing during pregame warmups yeah. and the like. You know, it was an important game for him. He got yeah. called out by Greg Williams before the week, saying you know you you know Odell who and yeah, you know not a dynamic receiver, and he ends up having six catches, one hundred sixty one yards, and a touchdown, and a career long eighty nine yard touchdown uh, catch and run. So last night you feel good for Odell because that was an important game for him and for the Browns they need to get a win. But I agree with you, it was not this performance where you come out of it and say the Browns are back. This is right. the Cleveland team right. that I expect because they've got to get better because the Baltimore Ravens have played better football through the first two weeks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, to me, a shining light, uh, a bright light, I should say, for the Browns definitely throughout the game was Chubb. Nick Chubb, I thought, you know, ran the ball great for them as a starting running back. Yep. I'm happy he's on my fantasy team, but he did play really well. And, um, you know, he, he was in the same draft class, as you know, with uh, Baker Mayfield. And there was really not a lot of hype on him, uh, on Nick Chubb, uh, be, just because Baker Mayfield was there. I can't remember if he was a, sec- a first-round pick or one of, the, one of the first-rounders or second-rounders. What's that? Uh, Nick Chubb. Where was no, he? No, he was not a first-round He was a second-round, probably. Second-round Second round, yeah, because yeah, Baker was one. And I don't right. know if I couldn't remember if they had two picks in that draft. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think he was high up there, you know? Well, and they did have two picks. They, had they Baker, did have two picks. Yeah, so who they did they take? Baker and they had Denzel, Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward from Ohio right. State. Okay, right, right, overall. right. I remember we did the show here, but that seems like eons ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> but they mean? did. But, yeah, Chubb was not a 1st Chubb was, all right, thanks, Mike, 35th overall. That's what he was. Okay, I didn't realize that. But so anyway, thing is, a hell of a player, and he ended up earning that starting job there. And I thought he was great. He had he had a little bit north of sixty two yards yesterday and a touchdown, but he ran the ball well. So I think that's a shining light for them. And look, Beckham's a star. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I, Jarvis Landry, you know, he didn't get as many touches uh, throws to him as to, I thought he would. You know, they did a whole thing on the, on the pregame about Beckham and Landry and LSU and their best friends and this and that. And we've talked about the greatness of Landry alongside with Beckham, but they, I don't. They're not getting the ball. Baker's not getting the ball. Maybe he's a decoy. I don't know what's going on. He had thirty-two yards yesterday, okay, and three catches. I mean, I, I somehow. Um, no, I rest, I'm sorry. 30, yeah, thirty-two yards and three catches. Somehow you got to get the ball, Landry. You got to get the ball to Juice a little bit. You know, you got to get that done, but they're not. And how about Njoko? So, what's the deal? He's out and definitely he had concussion. The tight end, uh, yeah. I, I didn't on his see head? what the report was after the game, though. How yeah, I how mean, long? I, I did not see an update on that. But yes, he nasty. did get hurt in the game. You Correct. saw that right here. Yes, well, I did see head. that. Yes, scary, I did see that. Well, stuff. got undercut during the yeah. during the reception, yeah, yeah, right? And then deal. basically uh, was in a prone position <sighs> and and landed straight down. So. Yeah, I, I I think for Cleveland, you look at it, and you know the, you can look at the ills of that Brown team and what they need to improve on. But they come off a W for the Jets. Taz, they're an 0-2, 0-2 football team, 
and they look like they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and the Jet fan might turn the page on this year uh, very, very quick because they don't have the quarterback. He's out with mono. Now you're down to your third-string quarterback. I mean, I, uh, you, you look at the wide receiver position, Noah Nunwa, right? You got Crowder. You got Robbie Anderson. Herndon, their talented tight end, is suspended. Uh, you know, uh, do a drug suspension. The offensive line's been raveled. Cornerback-wise is a struggle. You can't get after the quarterback. And, Taz, I'll be honest with you, you could, I think the jury's still out on Adam Gaze as a head coach as well. well because, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not like this offense looks like it's a revolutionary-style offense no, through no. the first couple <laughs> of weeks. They look very, very pedestrian. Mm. And I, I think you can look at Adam Gaze, and even though he talks tough and he's Peyton's best buddy, and oh. I understand what he did in Chicago and Miami and Cutler and Manning before that with the Denver Broncos, oh, this is a new go-around, and he's got to find a way for this team to be competitive even with all the injuries, that's your job as a head coach. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough going. He's getting some, he's getting throw some curveballs with his quarterback situation. That's obvious. But you got often one of the better running backs in the league, and Le'Veon Bell. And he's great. He is, man. He played good yesterday. He, I thought Bell played really well. I mean, he, he ran the ball well. He, he didn't break uh, seventy yards rushing, but he ran the ball well. And um, and it, it was a steady diet. Now with the quarterback situation. Uh, they went to that last night. They went to just running the rock up the middle, dive plays and buck plays and off tackle plays, and and replays and and uh, it was great. It was great for a while. It was like old school Smash Mouth football. The audience there in New Jersey was loving it. And then uh, you know the Browns figured it out defensively and kind of shut it down. But yeah, I mean you're right about him, Gaze. I mean he. I don't know if you saw this. I don't remember. It was during the pregame, and they showed him, I think it was from last week or yesterday's game. I can't remember when it was. The smelling sauce. Did you see this with Adam Gaze? Where he, uh, yeah, I did, yeah. yeah I and, thought it was was it last week's game. It was, I think you're right. Yeah, because I, I said I didn't know if it was last night. But, yeah, I think it was last week's game. I, it's the first time I saw it was last night in the pregame. It's a little bit like, you know, he's got the crazy eyes as it is. I think they did it in the, the come, on, come on man segment. Come on, man. You know, the, the, the yes, Randy Moss yeah, segment. Yeah. Okay. I think that's where it was. I just, I mean, if you got those wacky eyes at press conferences, you might want to avoid <laughs> smelling salts. You ever have smelling salts? I have not. I have twice when I was once in high school, once in college. You can't explain the smell. Like, it will wake you up. I'm and sure. And your eyes just, <laughs> it's like straight ammonia in your, like, nasal passage. <laughs> it wakes you right up. <laughs> well, they use it a lot in professional boxing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she no, used I've that never, here I've never, so early. Yes, we Imagine should. That? I've never done that. I think um, somebody did a bit here where they did smelling salts. Did they really? I think Giannotti did a bit. Really? Mike, do you remember yeah. this or not? Is this happening? Not on this not, show. Not on this Not, not on this, this show. Lot, no. What was he on? Def- he was on WFAN. Uh, he's everywhere, huh? No, he was out, he was over there. I think he I think he did. I remember somebody. It might not have been really? him. That's maybe. funny. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they did do it, but I did see that from uh, uh, Gase. Yeah, yeah, from Adam Gase. Uh, I don't remember seeing another head coach doing that. I don't. I, I don't, I don't remember seeing an NFL head know, coach using smelling salts before the game, but I mean, I guess <laughs> whatever so gets you going, right? That's funny. To me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't know. It was he a strange his scene. eyes are like going crazy. When he yeah, did I it, know. <laughs> he's like, well, he he's better a, with the hat. He's on. an interesting guy, man. Like when you hear him talk, like he's not like he he's like a guy that you hang out at a ball with. Like I didn't expect him to be like that. He seemed that like, I didn't know much of him with the whole man. He, like he seemed more straight laced and t- once I see, he got the jet job that first pr- I didn't know much of his persona. And now like hearing him enough and living here in New York and hearing him enough, you know, on the radio or wherever and um I it just he's 
he's he's riveting. There's something about him. It's just entertaining to me. Uh, he's he's kind of got like his demeanor. It's it's like the type of guy that's had one too many beers at a bar that you're hanging out watching a basketball game with. Like he just how he comes off like a the guy in college that was the bad drunk. Like sorry, Adam Gates. That's just how I feel about you. That's my right. opinion. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. So. <laughs> Adam Gaines will never uh, be on the show. No, <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think it, it maybe he got painted in the wrong light initially after that initial presser with the with the strange eye looks and everything like that, and a little bit of nerves playing in. Uh, but I, ultimately, it comes down to whether or not he can coach, right? Yeah, and, true. Um, he gives you all the good answers. He, he certainly does do that, and he's compatible. When you listen to these post-game press conferences, there's no doubt with Adam Gaze, but never seen that with the smelling salts. Maybe that's a thing that he does every single day when he first wakes up in the morning. Maybe he did it right before that press conference with the eyes. He might have been snorting up freaking smelling salts. That could have done it. And maybe it did. Yeah, who knows? 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. It's Taz of the Moose here. On this Monday, on this Tuesday morning, just getting going. CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Uh, you know, we're talking about the uh, talking about Monday Night Football, Moose, talking about the Jets yep. and the Browns. Uh, let's hit the phone lines here. Let's have a little chat with uh, Ray, uh, listening out in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Ray, you're on with Taz and the Moose. What's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, first time caller, lifelong Giants fan, so I know what it's like to suffer with a losing team. Here. <laughs> All right, hey, man. Yeah. I, I was curious what your opinions are. Uh, I find it astounding that all these accusations against uh, Antonio Brown have only surfaced once he joined the Patriots, and they never came out previously when he was uh, playing for anybody else. And I just wanted to get your opinion on that. That these stories, that the SI.com piece did not come out when he was a member of the Steelers? Uh, that... Did it? I'm not aware of that. No, no, no. It did not. Is that your point? No. No, no. Is that your point, Ray? That's. I'm just asking you a, a, well, a question. Well, my point, is, my point is, do you find it coincidental that uh, it only came out once he became a member of the Patriots, even though I'm a Giants fan? I just find it just that, you know, there's so many Patriot haters out there that it, I wonder if there's more – to it. Well, but, I, I, I mean, Ray, I, I don't, I don't think uh, if you go out to if you go out to Pittsburgh, um, some of the stuff that was in that SI.com piece yesterday that came out, I think Robert Klemko had the piece. Um, people already knew about. Um, you know, I, there were obviously stuff in there that that people did not know about. But if you go out to Pittsburgh, I, you know, there was kind of st- stuff that was already, you know out there for for public uh for people to take in so some of those stories were already known does it come out just because he's a patriot no i think it comes out because people started to dig into the very fact of his behavior and how he's acting and then he has a civil lawsuit filed against him for sexual assault on three different occasions 
Um, and then you start digging because of this erratic behavior that we saw at the end of Pittsburgh and then what we saw in Oakland as well. And I believe also, Ray, uh, the, situ- the first situation that came out from the issues uh, from June 2017 uh, and another one in May 2018 from Brittany Taylor, the, the initial allegation, uh, you know, that, that was something that was in the works as far as with her and a legal team to file a civil suit I, I, I don't know the details of it, Ray, the backstory. I think the timing of it when it came out was just that Antonio Brown ended up on the Patriots. But it seems like this is a case that they were building. You know what I'm saying? It didn't just happen like yeah. out of nowhere, you know? All right. That's what I was curious how you yeah. guys felt about that. All right. Yeah. We appreciate it, Ray. Oh, thanks, thanks so much. But appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, let's go out to Jersey. Talk to a good, uh, big, uh, big, uh, big friend he of ours. He is John, 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 John. He is John, 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 John. He is John, 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 John from Jersey. What's up, Johnny? John, what's going hey, on, guys? House? Good morning, man. How, how you guys doing? All right. All right, buddy. What's going on? Hey, well, uh, two things. Number one, do you realize this weekend there are going to be two NFL teams that are twenty point or greater underdogs? Yeah, and for someone and like, Dolphin. I mean, and someone like the Moose and I that maybe partake in. Uh, oh. Better too. Um, yeah. What do you thought? I mean, uh, can you, Mark? Can you remember ever seeing that? You are a mock. Not in the same week. No, I mean the Dolphins are a special case. I mean they're a twenty-one point dog down in Dallas against the Cowboys. I think the Jets opened at sixteen and a half or seventeen last night. Right after that game went final with Falk now a quarterback, and they're up in Foxborough taking on your New England Patriots. But uh, no, I don't, I don't remember seeing if that happens. If the Jets and Pats go up to above twenty. I don't remember. I, I can't tell you the last time I've ever seen it's, that. Uh, I, I think it's twenty and a half now. Okay. This morning. So it's moved up. So. It, so it's moved three and a half points from the ocean. Yeah. Well, I mean, who the hell's betting the Jets? No, nobody. <laughs> the answer is no one. Nope. <laughs> hey, no. And um, on on a totally separate note, I mean, first you had Antonio Brown, and now it looks like you have Jalen Ramsey that are basically looking to talk or get themselves out of the team mm. and onto another team. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think the NFL is going down a really <laughs> slippery well, slope with that. Where yeah, you can I, have, uh, just continue, know. John. Sorry, no, you got it. I interrupted you. Good. No, and, and I was going to say, I'm not sure if Minka Fitzpatrick did that too or if the Dolphins just wanted to trade him, but now he's he went from the Dolphins to the Steelers. So right. it just seems you've got players that are talking their way off of teams, and I, and I never saw that before in the NFL. I agree with you. I don't remember it happening either. Maybe it's had in the past, but I think you're right. I think the NFL – once would happen with Antonio Brown, and see, this is the thing too, where players are utilizing social media to do their business for public consumption, and then you get the masses on your side. So for the player, they they're smart in a way. They they do it for it's like it's uh, it's me against the machine. The machine is right. the team, and I'm little old me, the player. So and and I think a lot of society, especially on social media, they can relate to that. So everybody works for someone. And you're sick of the man type thing. But I do think it's a bad situation, to your point, John, um, what's going on where it could be. It's not just, just – and I don't think it's going to stop with Ramsey and the Jaguars either. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen. And Mika Fitzpatrick wanting to be gone, you know, because his team's going to stink and because they're tanking. And I, I, Moose and I talked about that last week, and that's something that drives me crazy. Like, I don't understand how – I said it yesterday in the show. I know it sounds asinine, but bench him. Bench if you, if They should have benched him Sunday. Why bench him? I mean, why play him? I'm saying, why let him go out there and apply his craft? I know you're paying him, but you know what? Yeah. He don't want to be there. Why do I want to cancel like that in the middle of my defense? I'm just, and he's a great player. I know he's great, yeah, you know, I mean, because I, I don't, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think Fitzpatrick, a guy that showed you the ability to play 
all over the field that Alabama is gonna is gonna all of a sudden tank for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, I would make the argument. No, I didn't I did, say yeah. that though. That's not what I said. Well, you mentioned a cancer in the middle of the defense. That, that's yeah. When I look but, at well, a well, cancer, well, but I'm not talking about his ability. That, you're not. You're, that's not. No, no, maybe, that's I'm, not what I'm I mean. I'm saying a guy that's not gonna. When I think a cancer, I think a guy that's not playing hard. No, well, that's not what I think. That oh. could be part of it. You're right. That could be. But no, what I what I meant was maybe I didn't explain it well enough. A guy that doesn't want to be there, no matter if he's playing well or not. I'm not I, I, maybe I implied he wouldn't give. He didn't give 100, percent which is wrong of me. I don't know if he gave 100. percent I don't want to risk it if I'm the Miami Dolphins. Let's say he's still on my team. I don't. When I call him a cancer, I mean a guy that don't want to be on a team. A guy that's not all in in a locker room and in any sport. That's a cancer. A guy that don't want to be there. And and that has nothing to do with his ability. So that's that was my point. I got you. If you guys are running a team, if you guys are running a team, and you have a player who doesn't want to be there, regardless of the, the talent of the player, and he makes it clear, I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. Right? Are you gonna are you gonna go home, or, yeah. or are you he, gonna say, you know what, you're here. You don't want to play. Sit on the bench. Uh, well, it's a tough thing because I wouldn't play him. First of all, I wouldn't play him. I want him gone. But if you're paying him guaranteed money, he's getting a, a plethora of money, millions of dollars. It's a tough thing to keep him on a team and not utilize his ability. I I believe in, and I learned this in the wrestling business years ago. And like, it's just if you don't want to be here, go because it's it's like a relationship. I always, John, I look at it like a relationship with a guy, a girl, or whatever you suit your yeah. fancy, a girl, and a girl, and a guy, a guy, whatever floats your boat. I'm just saying, if you don't want to be in that relationship. You can't force someone to be with you. You can't. That's you can't. That's how I look at it, anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I think everything's. I mean, the Jaguars, if they don't get Jalen Ramsey, if they don't get what they're looking for for him, he's going to play. Um, and I mean, they're not. I, I, I don't. I would not put him on the bench. I would not bench him. I'm looking to try and win football games if I'm Doug Marone. Um, and I, I think that I think a guy professionally. He's still going to max out call. for his teammates and play for his teammates, and he's also looking for a big money contract after the season does come to an end. Right. So if I if he doesn't if I don't get what I'm looking for, and and you know they've had conversations with teams, and nobody's after offering me at least a first round pick and multiple ones or a one and a two or a one and three, I'm not getting that. Then then Jalen Ramsey's going to play for me. Yeah, and a little bit, and you know this moves. It's a little bit of a different situation with Fitzpatrick and with Ramsey. You know, Ramsey uh, had a blow up with the head coach on the sideline. You know, and, and there's, there's some kind of a an issue with those two guys, with Marone and 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 uh, Jalen Ramsey with the Jags, where Minka Fitzpatrick is a thing where look, our team's going to suck. We're going to tank. I want off this team. But yeah, a little bit of a difference. No, you know? it's true, but uh, no, there there is a difference. You're right about that. I, I as I defended Fitzpatrick the other day, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to play for the Miami Dolphins either. I mean, what Miami's doing this year is historical. You have not seen a lot of NFL teams, if ever, ever do this, where you know they've gotten rid of pretty much every talented player that is on their team. I know, um, I know. and rid themselves, and they are going to be an absolute and complete embarrassment all season long. I know they've got five first-round draft choices over the next two NFL drafts, including this three this April uh, with the Fitzpatrick trade to the Pittsburgh Steelers task. But, you know, if I were Fitzpatrick, you know, I'm also looking at I'm laying on my body on the line for a team that doesn't care about wins and losses either. There's another way you can look at it, too, that I feel yeah. for the player, too, because I you know, say if I you – know, say. 
the, the Dolphins as an organization have already set the tone. They don't care. And what about the other guys on the team? I, I mean, I get, they, they all but Ken, Kenyon my, Drake could be thinking the same thing. And he he's out there think, balling. But you know? everyone's got different leverage. Right, 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 right. Everyone's I, got different I, I, We said that well, the other true. day. That's there are true. other guys that are hanging on that are are just looking for work. Right, right. They're looking at the Miami Dolphins. They don't have anywhere else to go. They've true. got no other choice. That's true. There that's are other true. guys, and not everyone's the same. Minka Fitzpatrick happens to be in the situation where when his name, when he basically said, I want out of here, mm. there were about 13 teams yeah, that great. wanted Minka Fitzpatrick. He's a great player. So, yeah, yeah. Right, and he's a great safety, yeah. and he play, he's played all over the field, can play corner, can do yeah. a lot of different things, Taz. He's in a different position. That's not fair to everybody right. on that right. team, but that's just the truth. At that point, Andrew Bogus is here. Andrew, hello. Good morning, sir. Taz, good morning. It's good to see you. Moose, good morning as well. Hello. About the fifth time. <laughs> Here's your report. <laughs> Sponsored by the NFL. It's the NFL's 100th season, and NFL Network is counting down the 100 greatest plays, characters, games, game changers, and teams. The NFL's 100 greatest Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern only on NFL Network. Sam Darnold has mono. Now Trevor Simeon has this. He throws long down the middle. Leaping attempt broken up. They were going for the tight end Griffin at the 28 of the Browns. All kinds of coverage. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Simeon is down, holding his left leg, and it does not look good. Kevin Harlan on Westwood 1. Miles Garrett called for a late hit on the play. Simeon headed for an MRI in his lower left leg. Luke Falk played the final two-plus quarters last night against the Browns. He was on the practice squad until the weekend. He went 20-25 for 198 yards in his NFL debut. The Jets technically within striking distance until late third quarter last night. That's when Odell Beckham Jr. went 89 yards for points. Six catches, 161 yards in his return to MetLife Stadium. His Browns won 23-3 after that ugly home loss to the Titans two Sundays ago. It's win number one for head coach Freddie Kitchens. They continue just to keep their head down. They blocked out the noise outside. And, uh, you know, um, uh, still got a lot of work to do. But uh, it's always better to do it after a win. Back to the Jets. If Falk starts Sunday in New England, which appears likely, they'd become the sixth team in the Super Bowl era to start three QBs in the first three weeks of a season. Mason Rudolph's now in charge in Pittsburgh because Ben Roethlisberger needs season-ending right elbow surgery. And Teddy Bridgewater is in charge in New Orleans with Drew Brees expected to undergo right thumb surgery. Brees likely out at least six weeks. As you guys were just discussing, Mm. the Dolphins reportedly unloading Minka Fitzpatrick on the Steelers for a first-round pick in April. And Jalen Ramsey has asked the Jaguars to trade him. All the A's needed were three more outs against the lowly Royals last night. Hendricks gives him a look. Here's the pitch. Mondesi with a base hit to left. Here comes Whit Merrifield rounding third. He's coming home and the Royals have the lead. Mondesi into second base. Safe with a double. All of a sudden the Royals offense has come alive. In this ninth inning. As heard on Royals Radio, KC scoring two to steal a 6-5 win in Oakland. The A's now just a game ahead of Idle Tampa Bay atop the AL wildcard standings. Idle Cleveland a game and a half behind the Rays and five games behind the Twins in the Central. Minnesota 5-3 win over the White Sox last night. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Appreciate it. 855 Taz, good morning. Yes, 855-212-4227, your number to call. The future quarterback of the Saints and the Steelers, a future at quarterback, we'll get into that. Fitzpatrick on the move from the Miami Dolphins, we'll get into that as well. 
It's Taz, it's Moose on a Tuesday morning right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That is your number to call. It's Taz and the Moose with you here on a Tuesday morning. And big news, we've got some clarification as far as two quarterbacks in the National Football League. Number one, Ben Roethlisberger is uh, done for the year, uh, as it was uh, um, announced yesterday by Mike Tomlin. Uh, he's going to undergo season-ending uh, elbow surgery, uh, suffered that elbow injury this past week, as we talked about yesterday during the Seahawks game, what ended up being a loss. Uh, they are 0-2, so that is Mason Rudolph's team here moving forward. And Drew Brees is in Houston, I believe, today, uh, seeking a second opinion from a hand specialist. But he's got torn ligaments in his thumb. The initial report is when he does eventually undergo that surgery, he's looking at a six- to seven-week timetable, Taz. Met with a hand specialist, stayed out in L.A. after the game on Sunday after he suffered the injury in Houston, I believe, today, meeting with a second doctor, another hand specialist. So uh, we'll see if he gets the same, um, uh, I would say, uh, same word from that hand specialist facing surgery. If that's the case, you're not going to see Breeze for the next month and a half. Yeah, it's it's a blow, man. It's just it's, it's horrible. And um Especially with a hand, right? You got to take snaps. You got to take shotgun snaps. You're always touching the football. Every play, the quarterback. I know it sounds simplistic, but it's a fact. You know, think about it. You know, people need to think about that. That guy has to touch the football every play. He needs his hand. <laughs> He's got to throw the football. He needs his hand. I'm, so it's it sucks for a guy like Breeze. It sucks for the Saints. Um, and maybe they can get things right with Bridgewater this week in practice. Um, I guess we'll we'll find out during, when we get close to the weekend and how he's doing and stuff in practice. Um, that's a big blow for the Saints. I mean, it's a big blow to miss that many weeks for a guy like Drew Brees. That's a gigantic, gigantic blow for them. And it sucks for a very loyal, strong fan base that they have all over the country, uh, the New Orleans Saints, especially down there in, in the bayou. So, um, so we'll see how it turns out, and hopefully Bridgewater can ball for them. Well, the question I would have is, can he keep their head above water to when Breeze does return? Um, because you can finish the season strong. Can he be representable? They're one and one right now. You look at the next six games or six or seven weeks without Drew Breeze. Can Teddy Bridgewater be good enough to where when they come out of it, they can have a potential where Breeze returns to us and they can play relevant football and get themselves back right. into the postseason? Because I would not expect miracles. I mean, Bridgewater's now got an opportunity to reprove himself as a starter. He's got offensive weapons like Kamara and yeah. Thomas around him down yeah. there in New Orleans. Decent enough offensive line, good play caller in the head coach, and good Sean defense. Payton, who just got a five-year extension to us. So um, yeah, Bridgewater's got a chance to reestablish himself. Um, so I, I think the potential is there. I'm curious to see if they can win enough games to when Breeze does return and takes over the quarterback spot and Bridgewater can play well enough to where they can put together. Can they win three in the next seven games? Can they go three and four? Can they go four and three in the next seven games? If you're if with Teddy Bridgewater, if Breeze is out the next seven games for argument's sake, can, well, can he win? Can he win three of the next seven games? 
I, I think he can, and I think because you nailed it, I think because of uh, the the amount of weapons offensively on that team and also a really good defense, also Taysom Hill, who's a, a really good weapon who can play quarterback, who could be in a shotgun for you, he can play receiver. He's a kind of a utility guy that's a, a very um, a very unique player. And I think if you get creative offensively, uh, you know, you could – Maybe win some games with when you have you know when you have a guy like Bridgewater who's a pro who knows what he's doing. He just he's got to get got to get his act going a little bit here because he hasn't been playing a lot. And so now I, I do think that you know I do think they can. I think they can. All right, so they're one and one right now, Taz. Right. They've got six games before their bye week, week nine. So that means Breeze, if he's out six and a half, seven weeks, could be back for week ten. Right. Okay. At Seattle, Dallas, Tampa Bay home, both those games at home, at Jacksonville, at Chicago, Arizona. I'll tell you, I think they can probably win. I think they can go of those six games. I think they can win three of those six games Yeah, I, I, with Bridgewater at quarterback. I think you're right. I don't think they're going to beat Seattle at Seattle. That's not happening. Dallas at home? I don't think they're beating Dallas. I don't think they're beating Dallas. The Bucs they're going to beat at home. Bucks could beat. And the Jaguars. They can win that game. They can win that game. Yeah. At um, Chicago? Chicago laying the world on fire? Trubisky? No, but, 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 as you know, you're playing in Chicago with arguably the best defense in the league. True. Fair point. So How about, about Arizona at home? They could beat they're, Arizona. They're going to beat Arizona. Yeah. So you're looking at it. They can get to three wins. Yeah. I Bridgewater, think, I think so. so they could yeah. be four and four when Breeze does return. If they're four and four when Breeze returns, Taz, then they got opportunity then yeah. to finish the season strong and still right. get to the promised land. Now you look at Pittsburgh. <laughs> Different story. Now, well, is it? I think a little bit. I no, think a little bit. Let me ask you the reason. There's let less me... weapons, man. Now. That's all I'm saying. I'll tell you this, though. Did the Steelers not send a message about what they believe about Mason Rudolph when they trade their first-round draft choice, a 2020 pick, mm-hmm. for Minka Fitzpatrick, who they believe can help him now and obviously for the foreseeable future to play safety for him? I mean, Taz, I, you would think a lot of people would be looking at that t- uh, that 2020 first-round draft choice as mm-hmm. a top-10 pick. Yeah. yeah. Now, are they? Now it's a quarterback-rich draft. Right sure. next April, we've yeah. talked about it. There's arguably five to six college quarterbacks that could be drafted in the first round. The Pittsburgh Steelers, with that trade and giving up their first round pick, did they not basically say that we believe in Mason Rudolph? Absolutely, and we we talked about it when it happened, and we talked about it the other day where Ben Roethlisberger panicked a little bit once he heard he, he, whatever his his wording was. He wasn't let's worry about the now. Whatever he said, yeah. He, he didn't want to <laughs> empower Mason. He said something he to, to well, basically, he didn't want to have to help him or like it's not his job. Why are we drafting a quarterback? Right, because right. I want guys to help us win now. Right, correct. And you know he comes out of Oklahoma State, the kid, and he's a big kid, six five, six four, whatever he is. He could throw the ball. He's a, I remember seeing him play in college. He's a really good player. And my only thing with the Steelers is I just don't feel they have the weapons. Like I thought we were comparing the Steelers and the Saints. That's what I, like as far as their issues and stuff like that. That's what I thought we were. I thought that's where you're going, but no, that's, no, that's it, cool. No, no, no. It, it is a. It's not a one-on-one comparison. Right. I'm just looking at the fact of you know can the the Pittsburgh Steelers stay relevant now with Rudolph at quarterback. Yeah, I, I I think they can. It's just that I just don't feel they have the same weapons or the, the quality weapons. You know, Juju to me, I mean, he's a good player, but I, I mean, is he filling the shoes of Antonio Brown? No, I don't think so. Now we, you know, James Conner, he messed up his his knee, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they they got they they got a good offensive line. Who's the leadership there? I mean, you got a veteran offensive line. You know, those guys could step up and be the leaders. Defensively, as you pointed out yesterday, they got some issues, the Steelers. They do. Well, but it, now with Mika, you know, it's a big plus. Well, Mika does help. It does help. And I and I guess I look at it, Taz, it's it's not a, like a, you know, kind of 1v1 as we do here yeah. on, on our show comparison. 
But I do I do think Rudolph's got an opportunity to be the guy in Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, and I think the Steelers, with that trade yesterday uh, and adding a really good football player but giving up a valuable asset, asset in today's day and age in a first-round draft pick, basically showed you what they believe in Mason Rudolph, that he can be the guy in Pittsburgh. Now he's going to have the opportunity oh. to go out there and do it because – I don't think you're trading a first round pick for Mason for uh, for Mika Fitzpatrick if you don't believe that Mason Rudolph's not the guy for the future. That's a good point because you want to win now. You want to win. You want to now. And the thing is, you know, something that I think a lot of people don't know about Mason. I believe he was like sixth or seventh or eighth somewhere in that vicinity uh, in the 2017 Heisman. Like he was, he was in that. He was, he was in that. In body stats at Oklahoma State, yeah, thirty-nine. Yeah. T- I think his senior year at, at Oklahoma State. I think he had thirty-nine touchdown yeah, passes, seven interceptions, or maybe a tad more. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was all off the charts what he was able to do in Mike Gundy's system. Yeah, it's interesting, Taz. But I, I, New Orleans has got a better chance of playing relevant football. I, you know, we'll agree to disagree on Pittsburgh, Taz. I'd be surprised if we're talking. Week twelve and the Steelers are playing relevant football. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's not all the quarterbacks' fault. I don't. I don't think. Right. I, I think I, I, it's not all the quarterbacks' fault. It's not all Rudolph's fault. I, I think there's a lot that needs to be rectified with that Steeler roster. Well, you're owing to, right? I mean, you're owing to. There's, there's a lot. No, there's a lot, and I, I think there's more of the defensive end of it is a problem, like we said. But Ed and Fitzpatrick helps. You know, so so if you look, you know, they, they, they could. They are not going to be as good as the Saints. I don't feel. I think it's a bigger hit for them. I think the Saints, like we said, like we were just discussing, have, have more weapons yeah. and a good defense too. So, and the Saints will see. For Breeze, it's a hit, Taz. You never, you know this. You never yeah. want to lose stars in the NFL. And you lose two stars in there, Breeze no. and Roth. That's bad. Man. And third straight, and now second straight week, Foles week one. Yeah, forgot about Foles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the Jaguar fan is crying. We'll yeah. get into Ramsey, everything else. Pigskin pileup comes your way next. Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.